are looking for a happy place, you have found it. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. I'm your host, J.R. Houston. This is the podcast dedicated to bringing you closer to your peak happiness through powerful, positive psychology, relatable stories, maybe some things that will touch you in different ways as we make our way through these broadcasts. We're excited that you're with us wherever you're listening throughout the country, throughout the world, and we're, of course, excited to welcome in our partners, Live Happy Magazine. Their offices are where we broadcast from, or podcast from, if you will. They've got a new issue uh, coming out very soon, and you can find it on newsstands everywhere. We've also got to thank our partner, Life Reimagined, and their website, lifereimagined.org slash happy. It's got all kinds of processes that you can maybe apply to your life and resources for you to use to help you achieve that peak happiness we're always talking about. They say, as you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Find out at lifereimagined.org slash happy. Excited to have an interesting conversation today with Shane Lopez. He's a Ph.D. and author of Making Hope Happen, and he's the world's leading researcher on hope. Shane researches the links between hope, strengths development, academic success, overall well-being, and collaborates with scholars around the world on these issues. Shane, we are very excited to uh, have you on the program here today. And I want to begin by asking you about your definition of hope, because I think a lot of people, as we're sitting here, we tell them, we're going to talk about hope today, think, oh man, here comes a podcast about how you need to think that everything is sunshine and ice cream and puppy dog tails. But that's not your definition of hope. Can you can you explain to folks what your definition is? Sure, sure. Hope is not wishing. What hope is 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 it's the belief that the future will be better than the present, combined with some belief that you have the power to make it so. So it's a real, true, realistic thinking about the future, where you accommodate and account for obstacles that may pop up in your life, and come up with pathways and 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 the energy you need to get things done. So do you uh, take the, and it's one of my favorite quotes, but it's it's sort of taking that, uh, be the change you want to see in the world and putting that into action. Is that is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, and how do you come up with those goals for change? You think about the future that you want, and you start crafting ways to get from point A to point B in your life. So really it's about living in the future, coming, getting to know your future self, and then coming up with ways that your present self can pursue the life that the future self is most interested in. Is that what you're talking about when you talk about hope strategies? Yeah, yeah. We, we really try to get people focused on the future self. So one thing that, that's so popular these days is mindfulness and meditation, mm-hmm. um, focusing on the now, which is extremely powerful. But at the same time, we are the only creatures on the planet that can think about the future in a complex way. So what I try to get people to do is live perfectly in the future when they are thinking about the future, live perfectly in the now when they're trying to be mindful and meditate. So thinking about the future in in a real dynamic way requires you to get to know your future self. And that's someone we're actually a stranger to, but we make lots of decisions based on what we think our future selves want. You had a very formative experience, I think, that, that kind of led you to, down this road. And it was talked about when we uh, featured you in an in a issue of our magazine here about a year and a half ago. Tell us a little bit about that experience and, and what led you uh, to becoming someone who is deeply invested in the researching of hope. Yeah, well, a couple of experiences have really shaped my thinking about hope. 
Um, I started off as an intelligence researcher, and then I realized that intelligence has very little to do with success in life and has even less to do with with happiness in our lives. Hmm. So that's one thing that really got me thinking about about researching hope. But a, a more profound personal experience was um, living with West Nile virus. Oh, my. Um, so, I, yeah, I had a, a very long bout um, over a year um, total, a very long bout with West Nile virus. I was bitten by a mosquito here in Lawrence, Kansas, and that mosquito unfortunately had the virus and transmitted it to me. Um, and it really, it took away my future. It, it, it forced me to live only in, in the now and in the past. Um, I couldn't really do the things I wanted to do in life. I couldn't work. I couldn't walk around the block. I couldn't pursue travel. I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do any of the things that gave me energy in life. Um, and that's one of the things, one of the, the personal experiences that taught me how valuable our relationship is with the future. So if you have no relationship with your future self, if you're not thinking about goals that you want to pursue, you just stay stuck in the now. And I was really stuck in, in the now. I was, I was tortured by the now in a sense. Um, but fortunately, over time and, and a lot of good care, I was able to come out of that uh, and, and become 100% healthy again. In, in what ways do people who are maybe stuck in a similar situation, whether it be, you know, illnesses or they're having trouble in their relationships or uh, maybe their finances aren't in order as, as well as they would like them to be, what do you recommend they do or, or is there a process of envisioning or how do you formulate that, that hope strategy like we talked about? Yeah, yeah. You have to get to know where you want to be in the future. And, and one fun flirty way of, of doing that that I encourage people to do is go to a website called futureme.org, futureme.org. And at that website, you can send an email to your future self. <laughs> so you can, you can write a note to yourself. So, so you can write a note to the person you want to be six months from now. And then you can outline a strategy just based on the goals that you set for yourself. You can outline pathways that you want to pursue um, to get from point A to point B, and you can come up with this vision of your future self, um, but then you can send yourself a reminder. So this email comes to you in six months and reminds you who you said you wanted to be, or, or let's say you, you had one sent to you in three months, and it said to you, here's who, you're, who you said you wanted to be in six months. You have three months left. How do you pursue that, that person that you want to be in the future? How do you make yourself better? How do you make yourself whole? So that's one of the early strategies that I get people to do is, is truly getting in touch with who they want to be in the future. The next strategy is not as, as fun or flirty, but it, it's, it's so valuable. And that's coming up with multiple pathways to every goal that you set for yourself. Hmm. What we too often do is come up with just one route to the goal that we set for ourselves. And then if that route doesn't work out, we abandon the goal out of disappointment or frustration. Sure. So people dealing with change in their lives need to set meaningful goals, but they need to come up with numerous pathways to get from where they are today to where they want to be. And last, you need to surround yourself by hopeful people. You need to, need to make sure that the most hopeful people in your life are part of your daily life. 
So if you're able to get excited about a future goal, if you're able to come up with multiple pathways to get to that goal, and if you surround yourself with the most hopeful people in the world, then you're able to get some momentum towards the future. You're able to be that change you want to be. I've heard a lot, and I remember this especially in college when, you know, you're looking kind of for any kind of motivation, and you're listening to these motivational speakers, and I've heard a lot that if you set goals for yourself and you actually write them out and, and post them, you're going to be more likely to achieve those goals. D- does, does that sort of thing, is that what you're finding works, or, or does it have to go deeper than that? It has to go a little deeper than that. The awareness of your goals is a powerful strategy unto itself. Um, but you need to create a story around those goals of who you want to be and how you want to be different from who you are today. Mm-hmm. And then you have to come up with the pathways. That's, that's what we all struggle with, is coming up with multiple routes to every goal that we set for ourselves and accounting for the obstacles that will pop up between us and that goal box. So we have to come up with strategies that take us around those obstacles and get us from where we are today to where we want to be tomorrow. So writing down your goals is a great step. It keeps, keeps goals top of mind. Um, but, you know, we also need to realize that setting goals is not enough. We need to chase those goals. Absolutely. And in the way you're making it sound, it's like a, it's like you've almost got to be your own coach. You know, the coaches sit there in their office and they devise this game plan. Well, what if this happens? Okay, well, then we'll do this. It, it, it sounds like it, it can be an involved process, but it's really key to, to, uh, putting yourself in the positions you want to be in. Uh, yeah, we have a, we have a strategy called hope mapping, which is kind of self coaching. So it involves you writing down the goal that you have, coming up with all the pathways that you can get to reaching that goal, coming up with all the obstacles that will, um, you know, knock those pathways out of, out of line, and then coming up with more pathways to get from point A to point B. So that hope mapping exercise is on my website at shanelopez.com, and it's a real simple way to, to bring hope to life. Sounds like a fantastic tool, and 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 as but I'm, as I'm sitting here listening to it, it's it's not just having this hope or having a wish that these things are going to work, right? You have to give yourself the chance to to make these things. Almost give yourself that hope. Is that is that correct? You have to give yourself that hope, and if you're struggling with that um, because of the circumstances in your life, you have to borrow hope from other people. You have to surround yourself with those most hopeful people. I could have never. Um, done what I did in terms of recovery from West Nile virus in a vacuum if I didn't have a group of loving people around me. And I think everybody who bounces back from from some tragedy or some illness or some breakup in their lives would acknowledge that you can't do it alone. You have to surround yourself with hopeful people. To that end, would you say that hope can be a contagious outlook? Hope is definitely contagious. You can learn how to be hopeful. And, and you can pick up hope through a contagion. In fact, hope is contagious to the third degree. So in other words, you're giving me hope today. I'll pass that hope on to my son who's here in the house. He'll pass that hope on to a buddy that he sees later in the day. So your hope can pass to three people and the third person you may not even know. That's very interesting. That's, uh, that's powerful when you really think about it. But as we're having this discussion, I know there's people who are probably sitting there, okay, well, this all sounds well and good, but what, what can this lead to? What, what's in it for me at the end? What has your mm-hmm. research shown that hope can do for people? 
Yeah, our research is pretty strong in three different areas. One being academic success, two being workplace productivity, and the third being happiness and well-being in life. So when it comes to academic success, we find that hope is, is worth a letter grade in school. Wow. So it is truly valuable in to the extent that hopeful students just flat out do better than less hopeful students. We find that hopeful students graduate on time more often than less hopeful students when we're looking at college graduation. We find that hopeful students do be- better on big stakes, high stakes tests than less hopeful students. Um, we find that hopeful students are more likely to go to school. So across domains of academic success, we find that high hope students do better than low hope students. The same is true when it comes to workplace productivity. Looking at high hope workers, high hope managers, they get more done in a given week than low hope employees and low hope managers. In fact, their productivity um, is one day greater per week um, than that of a low hope employee. So when we talk about getting more out of people, when we talk about motivating people, their belief that the future will be better than the present and their belief that they have some power to make it so actually takes them to a higher level of productivity in the workplace. And then finally, we've done some studies looking at hope and happiness and and hope and health. And it sure is hard to wake up in the morning and say, gosh, I'm I'm super happy today, but (laughs) I'm feeling hopeless. You know, yeah. you never hear that from someone. Hope and happiness go together. And what we found is that hope is worth a 10% bump in happiness um, when you look at our study. So it's hard to be happy without being hopeful. Um, and the data suggests it's even worth um, a nice 10% bump in your overall happiness. You mentioned uh, students who do better academically when they have hope, and it got me to thinking about how these habits and these these processes that we always talk about with people, it'd be so much better if we could reach people uh, when they're younger and and, w- and form yeah. these habits when they're younger people. How do you how do you sort of get kids into sort of a hopefulness habit uh, when they're young, mm-hmm. so they can take these strategies with them throughout their lives? Well, we we actually tackled that at the Omaha Children's Museum in Omaha, Nebraska. Um, That that question was posed to us and um, forced us to think about um, an activity that would engender hope in kids five through eight years old. Um, So what we did is we built something called the Fantastic Future Me. And in this Fantastic Future Me, a child five to eight years old stands in front of um, what looks like an old Wurlitzer jukebox and and just with tubes and glowing elements and all kinds of fun stuff and it has a camera built into it into its belly so to speak and the camera takes a picture of the child and then the child gets to crop the picture um and and kind of make themselves look good on on um on the screen and then they get to adorn themselves with the clothing that they would wear in the future uh (laughs) given what kind of what kind of occupation they would pick. So imagine asking a five-year-old, what do you want to be in the life? They don't know. But if you give them a picture of themselves and you say, dress the way you would dress in the future when you're a grown-up, well, they can tackle that with ease. Mm-hmm. So we had them, um, we've had tens of thousands of kids go through the fantastic future me, and each of them comes out with, um, you know, they, they might be a president engineer 
or uh, a scientist um, president or a scientist <laughs> uh, librarian or something like that. So they can pick more than one outfit um, to, to place on their, their image. So what we found is that these students just get really excited about what they look like in the future, and then they want to share this image and picture with their parents or with their, with their teachers. And that builds seeds of hope right there. Um, so getting students to think about the future and getting students to think about how they look in the future is exactly where we need them to be so that they can get excited about goals that they have. And then along with mom, dad, teacher, aunt, uncle, grandma, they can sit down and come up with strategies to make that happen. I tell you what, if we have any kids that are scientist, engineer, presidents anywhere in the near future, I guess it'd have to be in the next 40 years or so. That gives me a lot of hope for the country as it stands right now. That sounds like a really, sounds like a really fun project. Uh, Shane Lopez, we're so glad that you took the time out uh, to visit with us today and be a part of Live Happy Now. It's a very interesting conversation. Uh, where, where would you direct folks if they'd want to learn more about uh, the work you're doing or if they just need sort of a, a hope boost. Yeah, yeah. I would go to my website at shanelopez.com um, and go to the hope mapping exercise. So there's some how-tos on the website. One is um, a beautiful narrative of, of a future day fantasy that you could read, um, and the other is a hope mapping exercise. So I'd encourage folks to, to visit that website, and while there, you could also take um, the hope scale and, and figure out how hopeful you are today. Very interesting. And we're also going to have uh, folks are going to have the opportunity to check out a chapter of your book, uh, Making Hope Happen, Create the Future You Want for Yourself and Others. That's on our webpage, livehappy.com slash hope, and they can uh, find the book, I assume, uh, everywhere fine books are sold. Well, Shane Lopez, thank you again for joining us, and uh, we'll look forward to checking in with you again sometime soon. Thank you. It's my pleasure. And again, if you would like more information or for a free chapter of Shane's book, Making Hope Happen, visit livehappy.com slash hope. Well, we want to hear from you. If you took anything away from this podcast or if there's anything you would like to hear us discuss right here on this podcast, give us a shout. We'd love hearing from our listeners and our readers. Find us on Twitter at LiveHappy, on Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, on Instagram at MyLiveHappy, or you can just send us the old-fashioned email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. So thankful that you are making us a part of your week each and every week. We hope you will continue to do so. But until then, for Dr. Shane Lopez, I'm at JR Houston saying so long and remember to always live happy.